drum roll, please. <laughs> episode 100. Oh, Woo! dude, I would have... 100 episodes. I, I should have done something way more nice than that. Boys, this is this fucked. This is fucked. <laughs> it's seriously been 100. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Crazy. Shit. It's a big number. Yeah, but we've been doing this for a long time, and we only have 100. I feel like we've been yeah. slacking. Oh, God, what is this? been five years? Has it? Something no, like there's that. no way it's been five I years. Maybe four. We started this in no. it was 2016, wasn't it? Oh, so four. Yeah, four years still. I'm not good at math, but whatever you say. <laughs> oh, I could be wrong on that one. <laughs> I think four. Yeah, four sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds, hey, that's a shitload. 100 episodes? Yeah. Into the combine. Oh, yeah, I'm Stan the Man. I'm uh, Evil J-Dog. And I'm Shoddy. Well, after 100 episodes, you should know by but, now. But, but yeah. we can't keep saying that because what if somebody new decided to listen and then didn't exactly. know? So. Exactly. A lot of you have been with us since the start, so that's awesome. Yeah, yes, we do have is. some some long uh, long timers, and uh, that's pretty cool. We've got a, we've made some friends from this show, right? Some closer than mm-hmm. you guys even probably. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean. <laughs> one who was on the we show got, today. One of them coming on. Yeah. I, I personally like him better than I like both of you. Whoa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely nicer than no. both of us. <laughs> I love everyone. Yeah, we've had a lot of cool people on. You been, too that's been too. fun, you know, having bringing listeners on. and mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a yeah. fun ride. Well, because, I mean, what did we say from the yeah, start? We, this is a way for us to talk about metal with other people who are in the same boat that we were in before. Three metalheads mm-hmm. surrounded by a bunch of non-metalheads. So mm-hmm. the community is strong, and I love every single one of you. Yeah, hope you guys still get something out of it. We gotta. Yeah, if not just. Laughing. I think. Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> um, I think over the years I actually enjoyed it. And I started enjoying it more. Yeah. You know, I think m- looking back, it was like more. It, before it was kind of almost more of a hassle. Now I made it more fun and just you know. Yeah, it's just it's been really fun lately. Yeah, I I agree. Maybe it's because we're. We're dads, and we need a an outlet. Yeah, yeah. We had so much other things in our life four years ago. Now it's just <laughs> nothing else. To get that one day we can go out in the basement for a night. Now that's a, we start. We live for that shit. Too. We started uh, started on the farm, the Wallach Farms. Yeah, yeah. yeah podcasting a, outside, simple uh, you know. room. Yeah. Yep. We've only podcasted a outside bit a couple your house times. And now. Though. That wasn't like a thing. It was just nice day. Let's do it well, outside, fellas. Okay. Still. Spread out across yeah. the uh, U.S. Now, now, but mm-hmm. closer yep. than ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're spread out over the world. Yeah, to, from the U.S. to the world. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, especially in this episode, this is a intercontinental episode. Yes, it is. Yeah, so what are we doing? Jam-packed today. Yeah, what are we doing, Stan? Oh, uh, well, we got we got some music to talk about, new music, as always. Um, and then we're but, going in... But what we're, as always, would be like me and Jason bring new shit, and you just tell us that you're listening <laughs> to something old or not listening to anything at all. Hey, hey, two years ago, I wasn't bringing shit, and I wasn't even hiding it. So, hey, I'm actually... I got three clips oh, today. Oh, three? Now you're overachieving like him? Damn, I, I was gonna bring. I was gonna bring one, and then I look in the file. I he the motherfucker Jason obviously has two, so I was like, all right, I'll go round another one up. Now you're bringing three, <laughs> dude. I I always wait, wait. I have like ten I could bring in. I'm like those guys always fucking harass me for bringing three. I'm only gonna bring in two, dude. Our listeners don't want to listen to just that Jason's listening. Maybe to they do. Make your own podcast, then. Damn it. Maybe I will. <laughs> no, don't leave us. Don't leave us. <laughs> Please come back. I was only kidding. Uh, 
Well, yeah, we got we got new music, and then we're we're exploring a genre that I don't think I don't think we ever talked about it. No, ever. But uh, we got uh we got Phil from uh Phil's Breakfast Metal on with us, and uh we're talking about avant garde metal. He, yeah, he uh, he brought some classiness to this episode. If you don't know him, if you don't know his podcast, Phil's Breakfast Metal, check it out. I mean, deep knowledge. Goes in all kinds of classic albums, obscure albums, all kinds of shit. But if you want to find some new stuff or hear awesome, hear about uh, some classics that maybe you never heard before, or maybe you have, but you want to find out some more info on, yeah, man, he knows his shit. I mean, the guy really knows his stuff. Yeah, awesome dude, knows his shit. Yeah, yeah. always a pleasure having him on. And then uh, we got an interview with uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, we got an interview with Zachary Zach. Ezrin from Imperial Triumphant, and. Uh, this one uh, was good. We yeah, did it about a month ago. Talked about they just had that new album drop a week ago, and um, it's amazing. It's amazing, and it fits. I wanted the reason I, I wanted to get this interview was because I thought it would fit really well with this episode with keeping that theme of uh, avant-garde metal. So, kind of rolls right into a well. And if you haven't checked it out, man, it's it's cool. It's it's real cool. But I think that's it. Yeah, let's get into new music. Stan, you got three, so you better fucking get it rolling. I guess. Gonna be here well, all day. Are we not breaking it down okay. before we, we get into it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Whoa, we gotta break it down. Boys, it's been 100 episodes and we're already forgetting to break it down. Whoa, I know you're dads, but like, fucking get your heads out of your asses. What's going on here? We should have. Yeah, we, that's a weird. <laughs> God, I'm keeping you on your toes. Let's break it the fuck down first and then we'll get into what you're listening to. I know it's almost nine and you wanna go to bed, but like, come on, dads. That's a very true statement, true than you know. The shoddy keeping us on our feet. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> is no stranger to the show this is the third appearance appearance of them this is uh terminal nation they've got a new album coming out tomorrow well i guess probably not tomorrow for you guys listening but uh the album's called holocene extinction it's on 20 bucks spin so i shouldn't have to say anything else but uh these guys are just fucking great i brought them in early on and they were doing a little more of a power violence sound i don't think you guys were the biggest fan because it was a little more outside of your 
Your box. And Bo- same with the box. I'll yeah. remember that. Let's keep going. <laughs> the last one, similar. It was also still pretty power violence. It was on a split and uh, also really good. Church of the Gun, I think I brought that in. It was also for a breakdown. But this one, it's pretty fucking different. I mean, you guys heard it. It's pretty mid-paced. There's a lot of death metal, but there's also a lot of hardcore in there. But, dude, it's a tough as fucking nails album. If you want to feel fucking tough, give this one a listen. It's great. <laughs> it's really fucking good. It's it's yes. straight to my list of albums to keep an eye on for the end of the year. Mm. Yeah, so I knew you were bringing this in today, and uh, I honestly don't remember you bringing them before. I you didn't I like believe it. you when you say it, but I just don't. Yeah, I just I obviously didn't. Still and, don't. Uh, uh, I didn't listen to this. I didn't listen to any of this until the breakdown. And I actually just purchased it off of the first 10 seconds from what I heard. Okay. Stan, you're going to like it. That was some good shit. Oh, yeah. You're going to like it. It's, I mean, that cover, for me, first like, of all, you but know like... How, um, you know how, like, we liked Fuming Mouth from last year? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's hardcore at its core, but it's, like, got so much of the death but metal in death there metal. and the other shit that makes it... It's got stuff that <laughs> death metal heads are going to love. So I think it's a really good, like, uh, yeah. broad audience for this. You like hardcore? Check it out. You like death metal? Check it out. Power violence? You you, you know, you still probably get something out of it. I wasn't feeling yeah. the breakdown, but now that you say that, I will give it a listen, Um, if especially if it is yeah, more diverse. So... You know what it is? It's a HM2. He doesn't yeah. like it. Every time we bring anything HM2, he's just, nah. I know. <laughs> Meh. Nah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. But I hear in some shit, though, and I like it. So I feel like there's just... I think you could get on know. board with it, man. I don't I'll know. I'll try it. I mean, there's Bolt Thrower in there. There's fucking Dismember in there. See, when you say shit like that, that makes me, that, that intrigues me. But just taking the HM2 and using it just for the sake <laughs> of the HM2 is not... That's, I think, what I don't like. But I think it's a beautiful oh, tone. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. It works here, no, though. I do, too, but I mean, yes. Okay. Very timely. Yeah. I mean, these guys are talking about shit like pre- police brutality and all that. I mean, it, it's on the album now. They didn't write this during what's going on now, you know? They had this shit going. They've been doing mm-hmm. all that stuff for a long time. And so it's like a very timely album to come out, like a mix of everything that's going on. So. so it's got the passion of hardcore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so we already broke it down, so I guess we don't have to do that. So let's jump into... Uh, what we're listening to. All right, I'll start it out. I think this was what your other pick of the... I'm pretty sure my clip might be your other breakdown you had. Yeah, because so, yeah, you had a feeling I was going to play it. <laughs> yeah, and I want to make sure, but let's just let's, let's listen to it. Okay.
Dude, I think that's a public service announcement for like how you should do a fucking breakdown. Yeah. Like, we were having this conversation on the, on the Facebook Patreon lounge the other day about like breakdowns. And we, people were like, some people hate breakdowns. Some of us like them. And some of us were like, well, you know, if, if it's not just a simple, boring breakdown, you know, and that one right there, like, dude, that's, show, that's a proof that like a good breakdown, you can't beat it, man. It's interesting. It's yeah, not just one it's also note proof that you. But this one is actually kind of pretty simple, though, at the same time. Okay, like, yeah, it's simple, but I don't know. The, everything around it is what I'm talking about, though. The it way just going it, it, just gonna say, yeah, I know, I know. It, it's all about the context. You could make it just a simple... Yeah. It's about what comes before yeah, and yeah. after. Yeah. It's, the breakdown mm-hmm. is always supposed to be simple. Exactly. It's not supposed to... Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's... Was... It's... Yep. It, it, the, it's oh, yeah. It's like how Nails does it. Nails does the same kind of shit. They know how to go You're in and right. out of breakdown yeah. without mm-hmm. being fucking boring. You know? And it just, it works mm-hmm. so good, man. But what was that? That was Galt. Yes. From, uh, that was Self-Inflicted Mental Terror from the album Impenetrable Cerebral Fortress. Yes. Yes. Was that the breakdown you had? <laughs> I forget. I think I had a couple noted down for it, but. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a couple. Yeah. So this uh this album clocks in at a whopping fifteen forty eight. <laughs> fifteen minute long what? album. Oh listen, I will definitely give it a whirl then. Yeah. That's no time at all. That's like a drive to work and back. Or just there, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Went got pizza earlier on this whole thing. That's a good other good comparison to like a nails. It's that same kind of concept, dude. Just get in and get the fuck out. Yeah. Dude, okay, this is like the I think this might be the most aggressive album I've ever heard. Like, there's so much aggression in this. Like, <laughs> it's just crazy. Just jam-packed into, like I said, 15 minutes. Do you remember when we talked about crazy. one of their songs on one of the uh, bonus episodes? Yes, one of our listeners brought them up. And I I remember liking it. I wasn't, like, in love with it, but, like, it was good. Like I remember at the time, it was it was my favorite one of all, like, all the listeners sent us the picks, and that was my favorite one. And I think it was oh yeah, Heavenly... Uh, and it's the one that starts off with that black metal trem- tremolo riff, tremolo riff. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, that's what I really like about this thing, man. They mix in like the most random ass stuff. Like you'll have a black metal part, you have death metal, hardcore, grind. I mean, power violent. I mean, it's all in there, you know. And but they, it's it's seamless. Like it's fucking vicious. This is one of those ones I would have, I would eventually gotten around to listening to it. I don't know what made me click on it the other day, but. It's. I just know me. I always put off hardcore. I always catch up to it, and I will mm-hmm. go through it. But I always put it off. So this is one of those ones I would have put off, and I'm glad I didn't. Because I mean, it's just. It was just so easy to get through, and like I fell in love with it, and yeah, move on. But yep. it's a good a fucking album. It's my kind of hardcore. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. I want to. I got to go next, just because. Actually, no, Shotty, go next, because I have like. The breakdown had a breakdown. That had a breakdown. I have another clip that has a pretty fucking good breakdown. This is kind of like the case for the breakdowns. <laughs> but let's take you, a break from them. And let's see what Shawnee's sure? got. Yeah, Are let's sure? move into something else. I forget what I have. Does have a breakdown in it? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, I guess so. Just to make sure it doesn't have a breakdown, uh, let's go with the number two pick. Okay. This is actually some instrumental shit. I just want you to listen to it first and we'll talk about it. Thank you. 
Oh yeah. Anybody know who that was? No, but I'm sold. <laughs> it's a, so that's a, a solo album from a Kiko. I'm gonna butcher this. He's uh, Brazilian, <laughs> Loriano. People may have know him or should know him as uh, the guitarist from Megadeth, oh. or uh, also associated with uh, okay. the uh, metal act Angra. I don't know. That was like a, a the band that he was in before. I knew nothing of him. Knew nothing of his history. I mean, obviously, who the fuck doesn't know Meta, uh, you know, Megadeth? But at the same time, I didn't know who the guitarist was. I just came across this. Didn't even know it was a solo project. Just started listening to it. It's pretty much. I guess it's just a solo project. I mean, he's fucking shredding the whole time. He brings in some guest musicians. It's about 11 songs long, and it's just it's just great fucking music. I mean, he's really showing off his craft in some songs. I mean, the little clip that I showed you is a little bit more musical and melodic, um, but you can see he starts to build the shit. So, fuck, great guitarist. I've been looking for an album like this since... Um, what was that last album that I brought up a while ago? Another great solo um, guitar guy. He's fucking... I brought him in my dream band. He was one of the guitarists I would have brought. Hmm. Jeff Loomis. Yeah, Lu- yeah Loomis. Yeah. There you go. Fucking Loomis. It's just... I've been looking for something like that. I guess since that album... Not necessarily since that album, but I don't know. It's just... It's a good listen. He's a fucking great guitarist, great musician. And he... I don't know who he has on him with this. I'm almost positive he's not playing the drums. But whoever he has behind that fucking kit is amazing. Like, straight up the fucking... I don't know if Kiko worked with him or just let that guy run crazy, but it's music. It's fucking amazing. Like, no joke. It's intricate. It's... I mean, they even... One of the songs is called EDM. And he's actually, like, using electronica themes in the song. It's a little bit, you know, corny. I guess I liked parts of it. But the rest of the album is awesome. So good, good, good fucking music. I have a weakness for shit like this, like solo guitar albums. Way, man. <laughs> Do yeah. you? Yeah, See, I dude, I love it. It seems like everyone that play, like, uh, there's so many young, good guitarists that are playing with these old heavy metal bands. You know, and they put out these solo records. They're always so good. It's just something I can't oh, so get into. Stan, it's he's like they're 40, all the he's same. He's 48, though. So this guy's been around. He's not young by any means. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess I shouldn't say young. That's a, uh, these these guitarists that are tired in to take over. You know, I, I mean, like, saying, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's her name? Nita Strauss. She's mm-hmm. a good example. She put out an album a couple years ago. She plays for Alice Cooper. You know, and then, like, Jeff Loomis, you know, and... There's so many of them. I just can't. They're all like the same and I can't get into it. It's just like really good progressive melodic metal. But I just never, never latch on it to is, it. It is, but I guess. Don't get me wrong. It's a talent's there. Like it, that's all it is, is shred like guitarist. But I, just, but I guess I when know. you say it like that, though, I have to completely disagree with you because I can completely hear the, the difference in style and the way that Kiko plays his guitar compared to the way that Loomis does. It's just the nuances there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're right. It is a whole album of Kiko, and it's a whole album of Loomis, and when they are doing that, you are getting, you know, their their style for an entire album. No, don't get me wrong. Talent, like, there's no, probably no better. Like, it's just, I don't know. I go in moods. It's not my everyday listening, but I'll have a day where I'll have, like, playlists of, like, that instrumental shred kind of stuff, and... I love it. I, I really like when they get melodic too like that. I, I I don't know. I got a soft spot for it. I'll say that. He's just talented as fuck. I'd never heard of him before and it, a great album. So Nice. Yeah, it's cool. It's different. Yeah. All right. I guess I am uh, up next. Okay. So let's do let's do the let's do the vicious in your face one next. 
Be patient with this one because you might have, I don't know, you guys probably have a little weaker ears than me, maybe. Probably say. <laughs> okay. What the fuck are you talking about, weak ears? was that <laughs> dude i did not expect that ending <laughs> exactly right uh, holy fuck <laughs> did it bite your fucking dick off though <laughs> i think your clip was a little quieter like on like a decibel level so it wasn't like <laughs> yeah so yeah. in your face but like oh man that was fucked <laughs> <laughs> so that's serpent column the okay. album is endless detainment and the song was i don't know how to pronounce it but anti-hickle anti-hickle but uh i guess it's an ep i guess it's like 22 minutes but it feels like it's like a full length the way it's put together it feels almost like that gulch album you know like it feels like a full thing but it's just short Uh uh-huh but um yeah yeah. exactly what you said there is like the key point where you like didn't expect that ending that's like the feeling you get on every song like you don't know what you're going to get. Something comes. <laughs> There's always something. It's always teetering on the edge of like, all right, this is too much. This is fucking nuts. But they always pull it to something. Like there might be this weird melody. There might be this like punk break. There might be a fucking, you know, that one had that little breakdown in there. Sometimes they get sludgy and, and, and you slow things down. But it's fucking yeah. relentless overall, though. It's hard to explain. It's some kind of black metal. Some people are throwing out the avant-garde terms or, <coughs> you know. I don't know if it fits, I, but I heard it's the black definitely, metal. It's definitely like the forefront. It's black metal. Yeah, yeah. I heard the <laughs> just, black for sure. But that, that was like almost like deathcore or something at the end. Like, yeah, I don't know. The break down. The, yeah. yeah. They get, there's parts it's, that almost have like Dillinger chaotic parts. There's parts that are, like I said, sludgy. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. I know. I was really digging yeah. that. Though. Intrigue. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Like a nine out of 10 kind of album. I mean, and it's short, like I said. So it's not like you have to. You know, but you just, you got to give it a few songs. Like it's because the yeah. first three or four, even like you start, you're like, man, I, I don't know if I can do this for a full album. But then by the time you get midway through, they start adding in a little more melody and they give you like a break and they, they really make it. So it's like very, well, to me, it's still pretty damn listenable. 
I see they put out a full length last year. Did you listen to that? No, but I'm going to very soon. I heard. Yeah. I heard this one's a little better, but it's, oh, it's also one man. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all right. Good pick. Yeah. yeah. Back to okay. you. Okay. So I'm actually. Let's just listen to it. I was worried that you were going to bring this one, and maybe you still have it. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm glad if you do because I'm getting you back. Where are we at? Clip two. Clip two. Do not play clip three. Clip two. <laughs> Dude, dude, you were making my day because you. Know, I wish you would have told me you were bringing this in. I was like sitting there yesterday, like God, I can't decide. Do I bring in that one or do I bring another one? And you helped me out with that, <laughs> this one and Gulch. Oh <laughs> you my had everything God. covered. So I, I can't. So Shadi, this is. Uh, what the fuck was that? Hava Karunu. <laughs> oh no, Hava Karunu. Yeah, Hava Karunu. It's like it's like Spell, with a U. spell it. H A V. Yeah, havoc, like with a U. Okay, I found it. You just type in a bunch of H's and U's, and it just figures it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I can't remember. You, you had this as a number one, or it was on the end of the year. Li- right, you brought the last album up. I remember it. It was number one, dude. It was number yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yes. Okay, and I never listened to you at the time. <laughs> no, I never. I checked remember you guys them both being I, like, "It's good," but. You're like, it's yeah. good, but number one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I seen that they had a new one. I, I still never listened to it to the day. I haven't. I'm. This is my, <laughs> later on tonight, I'm going to listen to the last one. But my God, like I seen this name. I was like, I'm going to check out this band because I know Jason <laughs> brought it before. And oh my God, dude, this shit's like a masterpiece. It's so good. <laughs> so much Where'd aggression. It's so like, oh, that's the black metal I like. Me too. It's riffy as all shit. Like it's. Oh. It's epic, you know, like it's got that, like, I think that's what I said about the last one. It's like, it's battle ready. Like, you know, it's got Dude, that okay. epic fucking feeling. That's the, yes. Uh, Shadi, you're going to love this because it's like if, two, two completely different bands, but the same mentality, like if Winter Sun was a black metal band. Okay. Like, you know, it's like epic black metal, pagan, whatever. I don't know. From Finland. So, I mean, yeah. you can't go wrong. No, you can't. Yeah. yeah. I'm fucking, I'm, it's all. Yeah, can't wait. 
already. That was been a beautiful in. clip too. Yeah. That was such a beautiful clip. That was actually yeah. the last song, which yeah. I don't think I've ever brought a clip of a last song ever. But like that one, it was oh, hard nice. to find the right, the right mix of what this album's trying to encompass. And I thought I thought that one was like had it had the solos, it had the the heavy riffing, it had the black metal, it had the you know everything that it encompasses. That was perfect. Yeah, I did. I remember that for the other one too, because like they have some drawn out parts, you know, and they build yes. shit up and. It is hard to get a short clip, but that fucking nailed it. Highly recommended. I mean, again, this is another one on that end of the year list. List. Yeah. I'm sorry okay. if yeah, I, I ever it. gave you shit about the last one. I, I <laughs> I'm eating my words right now. <laughs> it's all right. You you came around. You uh, sorted it out. All right, shoddy. Alrighty, I guess so, dude. I didn't realize. I don't even think I said what the album was called. My last one. Oh, I don't think you did. Well, fuck my life. It was um, in motion, or the song was in motion, and the album is called Open Source, and it's just self-titled. Either Kiko Lorio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, we're doing so. a bad job. Number well, one hundred. I can't pronounce. I can't pronounce up. mine though. So that's. <laughs> He's doing it on purpose. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, I'm not even try yeah. it. <laughs> Just look at the it. notes. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it there. What was the song? You know that? Jonas Simon Hota. I told you it was the last one. I'm not going to try pronouncing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, the no, last no. one is Dial Hota Ivita. Yeah, it's fucked, man. Yeah, that's Nailed finish. It. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the next. I, oh, I'm yeah. bringing us some, some American death metal. Okay. <laughs> Shoddy, me and you have completely different uh, meanings of American death metal. <laughs> well, I, mean, I guess it's American no, no, melodic no, no, no. death metal. I mean, I'm I say, not saying I anything say about the clip, but I, just, I did not was oh, not expecting okay. that. Oh, I guess I said American because they hail from Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, they're just from, yeah, America. But that was, uh, I don't know, some weird shit that I came across. Deathlehem. Dude, um, okay. What? You've heard yeah. of them? I wanted to get into yeah, this, this album, is... but I didn't. I couldn't. Did you yes, listen to I it? Did. 
it's okay. So this is Maelstrom of the Emerald Dragon story mode. Are there a D and D like, I guess, group that decided to form a metal band? I don't really know a lot of the history, whatever. But and the song was Mind Flayer. So Stan, you listen to it. I want to hear your reactions first. Didn't like it. Couldn't get into it. I wanted to. I w- I was reading everything about it, and like it was so intriguing, and like I wanted to get into it, and it was just wasn't hitting what I was looking for in the melodic death metal. Like, yeah, I couldn't get into it. I didn't like it. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it was as melodic, I guess, as some of the shit that I was hearing about uh-huh. it. So, I mean, I guess I was a little let down in that sense, but I did not think that it was bad by any means. I thought that it was a fun listen, and when I say fun okay. listen, I know a lot of people are like, oh, the uh, one... And I know, what are you going to say? Okay, I, every listen, there was there's there is parts throughout the whole thing. I was like, wow, that is such a tight part. That's such a good part. But, like, as a mm-hmm. full, like, songs or albums, I tend to be just kind of, like, meh. Like, not... It has really good parts here and there, like really good so riffs I or like really good just all yeah. around good parts. But like as a whole, it wasn't just hitting like a amazing album kind of like thing. Yeah. And I, I mean, the first time I listened to it, it was stronger than the second time I listened to it. So, I mean, I can understand how you felt that way. And don't get me wrong. This probably won't be on any end of the year list or anything like that. The other problem is I listened to say? it with like, there was like four other melodic death metal releases that came out in like the last two months. And I like kind of like listened to them all together. Mm. And there was like two that I fell in love with and then this one kind of like got pushed back with the other ones like you know what uh, i mean like okay, there was a okay. lot of better stuff i listened to that was like getting my finish uh melodic death metal itch like you know <laughs> fulfilling that jason you, you didn't say anything how did you feel about it if you don't have anything good to say you don't say anything at all <laughs> wow <laughs> no i'm kidding wow. i'm kidding i'm just i'm pretty much echoing what stan said so i'm just gonna you said it already didn't didn't okay. love it didn't hate it it was kind of like there I'd, ha- I'd have to listen to more you know it was just you know, you know me with melodic. I'm, I'm, I'm pick, kind of picky with melodic. So I'll send you the albums, or I, I yeah. can just tell them right now. So uh, there's a band from Finland called Rearmed. They have like a more thrashier mm-hmm. melodic death metal. I think it's I've heard of them. Yeah. Right, yeah. Why are you telling just him? No, I'm telling everyone. I'm not going to bring a clip or anything. <laughs> okay. I wanted to bring them up, but I just okay. I wanted to bring up the other ones more. I was I've been in limbo the whole day. Like, which one do I bring up? You know. But, uh, yeah, so, like, that one I recommend, and, like, uh, Nightingales, a German melodic death metal band, just a solid album, so hmm. I'm sharing them with you, like, my picks, well, that's why I didn't didn't love this one, because I love those other two more. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, this one, uh, I'm kind of curious to see what you guys think, because it's not in your guys' wheelhouse, but I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to sway you too much, so let's just listen to it. Clip two. So it's not dirty death or melodic death. It's okay. not dirty death or melodic <laughs>
Well, Jason, I got my pen ready. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. What was that? So that was the band Spirit World, and the album is Pagan Rhythms. If you got a second, look up the cover because it's pretty sick. And the song was Night Terrors. So this one, I got to give credit on the uh, backstage uh, Patreon Facebook group. Um, Jake, he had found this one and put it on our, we always do like a list of new releases every Friday. And he put this one on there. And uh, I forget how he, <laughs> you seeing it right now? <laughs> yeah, the fucking album art. <laughs> Spirit World? That's so retrograde. Yeah. Yeah, Spirit World, one word, whoopsies. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a 70s occult like rock band yeah. or or black <laughs> metal, but <laughs> yeah, it's very occult uh looking. And that's the theme of the album. It's kind of like um how it has to do with like Satan and satanic like satanic panic and like I think it has to do with sat- Satan coming to the earth and like taking over or something weird like that. But um it's cool the way they do it. They mix in like the first track it's all like these preachers warning about like rock and roll music like being the tool of satan and the, he puts all these cool clips in there throughout it that makes it like a really cool like concept i mean i don't i can't say i've like looked through the lyrics and everything but it has a cool feel to it but um i don't know I mean, it immediately struck me as like for anyone who likes power trip you know you could definitely get into this which i didn't know if you guys mm-hmm. would like it because i know you guys aren't the biggest fans but there's more there's a bit more death metal in there that's why and, i liked it yeah yeah. Uh-huh. yeah okay you heard that too yeah okay okay yes <laughs> But they have that similar crossover. No, my ears didn't work. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like I, that's the one that I was like, shit, what is this? Mm-hmm. It's pretty because that's the sound that I was attached to. It's pretty so. crossover, you know. Like there's, there's, oh, yeah. there's hard. You can tell these guys like hardcore. There's hardcore elements in there. And when I looked further into this band, this dude has been involved with a bunch of shit. Like he was in a hardcore type of a band before, so it makes a lot of sense. And they're a fucking weird band. If you go back one, well, they don't know if they have a full album, but they have like some small like EP releases and it's like completely different. It's like, it's like punk. Like, I think hmm. it's called like cow punk because it's got this kind of like alt country mix with punk. Yeah, yeah. But it's also really fucking good. Dude, you can completely hear it though. Different style. You can hear it in that clip though. The, like the more, not, I'm not even saying like the, the thrashy or the hardcore parts. You can hear the punk influence in that clip you just played. Yeah. Like the first thing I was thinking, I was yeah. like, because I've been listening to a lot of Pennywise lately, and I was like, there's, there's like some similarities <laughs> in a I weird way. That? Like, what's that? What got you into Pennywise? You said something, and I went back to him. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly why. Dude, I literally woke up one morning, and for some odd reason, it was like my alarm clock was fuck authority. The second my eyes, like, it was just, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And it just started playing. Anytime you guys want to have a sidecast about Pennywise, let me know. I will jump. On, like, <laughs> but that's a story it's for another been a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going back to that clip, that was like the first thing I heard was like the punk influence, just like is straight up yeah. there. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Intrigued. that's the crazy thing, man. I just couldn't believe that, like, this guy because it's the I think there's the main guy that kind of like leads it, Stu. It was, I was I was reading about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's like his kind of thing, and uh, I don't know if it's different members every time or what, but I mean, it's literally it's such a different style. I mean, I know you can hear the the similarities, but it's pretty different. It's like got that a very American kind of like punk sound to it in the, on the on the like what is it called? Demo 2017. But I I love that too. I couldn't believe how good both were. So I'm kind of obsessed with this band right now, but yeah, it's just uh it's good. It's just fucking good. Definitely star in this one. And it's one. fun. Yep. It's a fun listen. Yeah, it's already <laughs> been downloaded, so... Nice, nice. 
All right. Well, I guess let's. It's good. You want another fun listen? I don't. I can't. I. I'm the disclaimer. I don't even know if this band's good. It's just if you want a okay. fun. Just listen. This is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I endorse that. I endorse that 100%. Okay. Dude, so, what the fuck's wrong with you? Here every day. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you ever heard of this band. It's called Pit Lord. It's, no, uh, I've heard the name. Okay, they cl- they are self-proclaimed barbecue death metal. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just a fucking death metal band, but everything's about barbecue. Like, that, the, I don't oh know if you heard God. the vo- group vocals. It was called The song's called Skewers of Madness. The whole CD's called <laughs> Seasonings of the, in the Abyss. Like... <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous shit throughout the whole thing, but it's like a fun, like it's fun death metal. Like it's actually pr- probably like if you like that br- more brutal side of death metal, it's pretty good. Like you know, but like right. I was uh, yeah, laughing. You my- hear those fucking uh, toilet bowl vocals with gang vocals coming in yeah. over top of them. <laughs> I but, know, but that's why I liked it. It's because it was so just, I guess, off the wall. That's what I mean. Like, you gotta go in, like, don't don't expect it to be anything groundbreaking, like, you know, but it's just a fun listen. Like, it's got riffs and it's got, like, uh, breakdowns and it's just, like, got the most ridiculous lyrics. Like, what's a bacon basher or, like, uh... Grill marks is one of the grill marks is one of the songs. Like, <laughs> okay, I understand now why you said that you didn't think it was serious. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but it's actually it's fun. It's good, pretty yeah. good though. Yeah, it's not my normal style, so I got to hear it. But I'm I'm it was just in, super intrigued. Yeah, intriguing for to say the least. That's why that's why I bought three clips in because you count that one. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> that makes me. sense. Then I get why you yeah. were an overachiever this week. Yeah, yeah. Is that all? Well, yeah, dude. I had. This was like one of those weeks where it's like nothing like the stuff that I brought up stuck out. But like other than that, there was probably like 25 like really legit albums. Just nothing that was like amazing, you know, just like good yeah, shit after yeah. good shit after good shit. Yeah, for sure. Good year so far, though, for sure. I don't know I, yeah. say that, but Ooh. I think maybe I'm just a little behind. Dude, I don't know. Catch up. I feel like it's been a hidden year. If people have been releasing shit, it's either been quietly or behind the scenes so i, I just feel know. like the I last just... three months have been really okay well maybe, a lot of good maybe shit. same here yeah well maybe that's because we were i guess i stopped looking so it's a weird it's a weird again. 
because we're it not is. in our routines of like I I know for me I take a lot of work time <laughs> finding all this shit. So if I'm not at work, yeah. you know, I'm not finding shit, you know. But now I went back, like I went back to work and I'm finding like so much good shit. But like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, the year started off very slow, like a couple of releases here and there, and that's it. But that's what's nice in the beginning. You don't have to like choose so much. What am I going to bring in today? Now I've got so much. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to pick and stay on top of it. But I, I, yeah. I agree. I think there's been so much good stuff. Interesting end of the year for sure this year. I can't wait. Yeah. See, I, see, I was thinking for sure next year we were going to have like an overabundance of amazing music just because of I still the, think the, we will. The, the aftermath yeah. of people yeah. at home writing. Yes. Yep. <laughs> the quarantine, the aftermath of people yeah. at home. I mean, the not being able to tour only, you know, probably led to more music. Think of how many bands, like writing regiments, are in between touring. Or you know what I'm saying? Or like mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. we know that we can only write, you know, two weeks before Christmas because we toured the rest of the year and we're burnt out and all this other bullshit. So we do it on vacation. Now they've had the whole fucking year off. So oh, absolutely, we Next should year, have yeah music. You might even see it out. this year. You might, yeah. I mean, because at this point, I mean, self-quarantine, you can go to a fucking studio. You can record your shit. That doesn't, Mm -hmm, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, they can do that. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if stuff started, especially early next year, you know, so. Yeah, I agree. Exciting times. All right, well, should we bring on our uh, special guest? The man of the hour. The the man, I was going to just say the same (laughs) fucking thing. (laughs) We love him. Phil from Phil's Breakfast uh, Metal. And uh, if you guys want more of Phil, we just did a very special video bonus episode. Yes. Stan, I don't know. Where can you find this thing? Oh, we can find this on... <laughs> if you sign up for Patreon, I think it costs like the the same as a m- amount of going out to dinner for the year. I've always said that. You can't even go out to dinner nowadays. So just go over to Patreon spend your money on us. <laughs> I mean, look at it this way. Look at it this way, guys. I mean, we've done 100 episodes now. They've been a hundred ad-free episodes. The only advertising that we've ever given you is to listen to good music, yep. to you know support your point. fellow metalheads and bands, and to fucking bob your heads every once in a while. See, so, this is a hundred f- episode to all you guys that aren't part of the group. But you got twenty more. We got video episodes. We got uh, we got listener requests. You guys can you guys can come on and just tell us what to listen to. I mean, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. But. Yeah, like Jason said, we just did a video episode. We went through our uh, own personal collections. We had a couple guests on that people that collect CDs and, you know, physical media. And it was awesome. So you guys want to sign yeah, up for that? Fun. Yeah, fun. But anyway, so yeah, Phil was on that and uh, we brought him back again because we love him that much. Yep. Bring him out. So for a second week in a row, if you're on Patreon, we got Phil with us. That's right. 
Uh, and welcome back. Last time, Stan, you probably had some intro music for him, but we should probably just play. Uh, Phil posted his own song on the Facebook uh, Patreon group. We should play a little bit of that for uh, his intro music. That sounds perfect, actually. It's a lot better than I'm going to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> so everybody's familiar with Phil. <laughs> Phil, you've been on him, what, once before on our main episodes? Yeah, so I think we did it as like one recording, but it was split in half. So it, mainly it was the trying to get James into black metal. And I have a feeling this one might have a, su- like a similar success rate in terms of how much you guys liked. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're going to be surprised, good sir. I think you are too. Oh, <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> so we, me and Phil were talking a while back and uh, Phil, like for the listeners, whenever we do like our bonus episodes or anything like that, and we do listener requests. We have anyone who listens send us shit to, to listen to and talk about on those bonus episodes. Phil always gives us the weird shit. Like, you just know what a Phil pick is going to be. It's always the weird, something that's a little bit different. So I was like, Phil, let's do an episode where you just bring in some, like, avant-garde, some strange stuff. Because none of us guys, like, we're not experts in that. That's, like, my least listened to, probably. Oh, God, yeah. I always, to be honest with you, I get really nervous when Phil posts something. Like, we have to do an episode on it. I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be, I don't know. I don't know, like, how it's going to be. But, like, for the most part, everything you ever recommended to us, I've never, like, hated it or anything. Like, it was always, like, some of I actually loved. So I was open to this episode. Even though it's out of cool, my cool. Uh, out of my expertise. See, I love the genre. I just have not actively hunted for it and don't know how to actively hunt for it. So, but yeah, I the music speaks to me. It's a little weird at times. I'll agree, but yeah, it speaks to me. But I'll let's get into that in a little bit. So, Phil, my, this is my first question because I feel like this is maybe harder than it sounds. But like, how would you define avant-garde metal? Because I feel like there's a little bit of a blurriness with like progressive and you know so many different genres and you know so how like what's yeah. what's your definition so i think we with avant-garde metal there's kind like it's a kind of nebulous thing like a lot of it is just progressive metal in one way or another with the avant-garde stuff i think there's two camps and the the suggestion i brought today uh particularly sit in one of them there's like avant-garde death metal which i didn't bring any in because conversely to what you might guess i don't think you guys would like it as much it tends to be really experimental and then there's sort of the avant-garde black metal camp which is far more well known and it's kind of headed up by those sort of bands like over um you know uh Arcturus, stuff like that bands where they've sort of taken a core of something like black metal and then thrown every given influence under the sun in it i think the way it's like diverges from progressive metal is because there's far less of a focus on musicianship and far more of a focus on experimental songwriting so avant-garde sits more in experimental whereas progressive tends to sit more towards technical although you could theoretically have an incredibly technical avant-garde album and a quite non-technical but progressively structured album but that's the general rule for it i think it's a pretty loose weave definition though no, actually, that's that's pretty good. I like that definition. Okay, this is what I was thinking about when I was like, because I'm trying to think like, what avant-garde metal bands do I know or that I like? And uh, then I started thinking like, what about like when you have like a new subgenre? You know, like because some like if someone does like a, a completely new subgenre, would that be like avant-garde? You know, like at first until it's like more established. Like I'm thinking like 
You know, like, like when well, like when, like when an album like Gore Guts comes along, um, what the fuck is it called? Uh, Obscura. Like, was that would that have been avant garde at the time? Yeah, so I think an album like Obscura kind of kicked off a new sort of avant garde death metal kind of subgenre. But then if you think of something like let's say say like early Gojira sort of founded its own subgenre, that was never really avant garde. I think it still requires that level of incredibly progressive structures or some real experimentation whereas mm. like Gorgas Obscura experimented with what could be done in terms of like acceptable death metal vocals pulled in a lot of weird jazz and classical influences into the songwriting mm-hmm. whereas like say when Gojira were pushing the boundaries that was far more in terms of just like slightly changing up the way they riffed and the way the album sounded tonally mm. that's a good point because I thought of a band that's those are the, I thought of that one I thought of like uh this one being so different than like the other ones that you brought in but like sun you know or like sun o like it, it gets written like to me that like that's yes. almost you know cuz it's so experimental like you know it's so much more simple than anything we have on this episode but I don't know Yeah I think sun definitely pushed those boundaries like some of their some of their albums certainly start and I guess that would be like more avant-garde doom or avant-garde like noise or yeah, whatever you want to classify Sun as at this point. But yeah, I, I think they've got a touch of it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so you picked five albums and you said you, you kind of stayed like in the realm of uh, avant-garde black metal. So how did you pick these albums? So I think when you first suggested the topic, it was the idea of stuff I really enjoyed. So my kind of criteria is I went for, I made a list of about 20 odd albums that I'd say sit largely in the avant-garde black metal camp that I really liked. And then just tried to get a nice spread of years. So I think it'd be it's kind of fun if we go through slightly chronologically. So I've got one from each kind of major era of black metal. And then I wanted one from 2020 in there to sort of kind of point the future of it and maybe help like shorty out in terms of like finding new stuff because there's certainly at this point in time like labels to follow if you want to find newer newer bands in these kind of subgenres. Mm-hmm. okay i'd appreciate that cool so we'll go we'll do them chronologically then you're the boss today phil so whatever you say man oh cool <laughs> cool all right let's jump into the first one then um yeah, so the first one is, is Ved Buen's Ende, I think that's how you pronounce the band name, <laughs> written in Waters from 1995. So this is kind of a legendary one. It's like one of those bands where, in hindsight, it's a super group. Like, it's three guys who all have gone on to massive things. The bass player was in Arcturus and Oliver early on. The um, the guitarist slash screen vocalist was in Dossheim's Garden Code, and the drummer slash clean vocalist is the main guy behind Aura Noir and Virus. Mm. And it's yeah, it's cited as one of the first albums in the Norwegian black metal scene that just totally broke the rules. It played a lot with incredibly kind of clean melodic moments. The whole kind of clean vocal approach is completely unlike anything I'd ever heard before. And there's just a lot of really intelligent, weird stuff happening structurally. But overall, just presents as actually, to my mind, quite a melodic, kind of catchy, memorable album. But yeah, it's one that maybe seems kind of tame now, but at one point in time was completely breaking the rules.
I fucking loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved this album. I completely agree with Stan. I fucking couldn't get enough of it. I mean, I probably only listened or got a chance to listen to it twice, but it was twice in one day. And it was, it's such a good fucking album. And it's, I guess it's like, when I think of some avant-garde, or I guess when it's been used in the past, it's like, oh, listen to this avant-garde metal band. It's literally been like noise, like the avant-garde of... I don't know, some, you know, of the early jazz scene where it's mm. just kind of like we've eclipsed being able to make a melody. We're just going to put <laughs> really, you know, quick. That's a good point. Yeah, like, you know, it's like, it's that's what, like, that was the jazz avant garde in the early, early days. And there was some metal shit where it was like that. But this is fucking, this is amazing. I mean, there's. I'm going to stop talking now, but yeah, it's just, I was blown away, Phil, by all of your picks. Blown <laughs> oh, the wow. fuck away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, I was kind of like the opposite. I was telling these guys after the bonus <laughs> like, episode when we were talking, I was like, I don't know. I'm having a hard time getting into like any of these albums. I mean, you do have to have the right mindset for some of it, but at a certain Definitely. at a certain point, though, you're going to find something that you like, and that's the beauty of it. So just give it a minute. And it'll come back around to something that tickles I think your this fancy. Is, okay, so I think that maybe not. I wouldn't say the most accessible out of the list because there's a couple of them that were pretty accessible. But I mean, this one's like if you like if you like the early Norwegian black metal scene at all, you're gonna love this. Completely album. agree. It's not the same, but it sounds the same. It's uh, you know you could just tell where that's from, where it came from. And to be honest, to me, there's like, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of differences between like this and like, um, like early enslaved when they started experimenting and, you know, Mm. when they started going that like more progressive route and stuff. So I think this one's very like, if you like any of that early stuff, you're going to like this album. So I, uh, I listened to it, you know, once and I ended up turning it off. I hated it. I uh, I think it was at most... what point at what point like I just want to know what song it was that you turned so, it off. At. Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna like, kind of get to is like okay, because the first I, if I'm remembering this one correctly, the first couple songs is is fully that like operatic kind of clean vocal style. Is that right, Phil? Yeah, I think I think it more heavily features the cleans early on. The screaming comes in about ten minutes into the album. Yeah, so I wrote. If I'm remembering in, right in my notes. And to be fair, I, I jumped around this album. Like I, I played like a couple songs and then I turned it off. I was like, man, I, I just wasn't in the mood. And to be fair, that day I remember I was listening. I was kind of in that like, I was listening to Maggot Stop Death Metal, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you were know. already fucked in the head to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it was just a different mindset. You know, you, it wasn't right. And then I put it on again mm-hmm. the other day. It was like a rainy, you know, day. And I was in that like a more mellowed out mood. And, and I was... Still wasn't loving it, um, but I was like, I'm going to sit this through. And by the time I got to, I think it was track three, maybe. It was that it was called Den Sekult, something like that. Yeah. And, and that one had the black metal vocals come in. And it was funny because I was literally about to, again, like turn it off. I was like, man, it's just, it's not for me, you know, whatever. And then as soon as that track hit, I was like, wait a minute. And like, I, I mean, I loved, love, love like the black metal vocals and and hearing that, like, cause I love that Norwegian black metal sound. Like, I, I, I really love that. But I, I wasn't connecting with it on the first couple of songs. And it was mainly the vocals. It was just so monotonous for me. And I just was like, I couldn't do it. So I'm glad I gave it time. Cause then once that one hit, 
I was almost able to like accept the rest of it more because like I'd never actually turned the album off. I went through the whole thing and I actually enjoyed it a lot more. But it took some work. But I have a feeling once I go like once I go back to it again, I have a feeling it'll it'll click a lot more. But it was tough for me. Oh, that's interesting. So like interesting, this band just did the one album. But if you like any of the styles in it, so the clean vocalist went on to form Virus, which is like all the more melodic bits, and the screen vocalist went off to form Dossingsgard, which is like the heavier half of the album. So Jason, if you like yeah. those bits, I'd maybe check out some Dossingsgard. How do you spell that? Because I'm gonna do that. Uh, D, you can just search DHG. They they just go by that these days. DHG. Okay. Okay. And sit. What was the name? One more time. How do you say it? Cause that's gonna be hard for people. I mean, it, look in the show notes. You'll find it. But uh, oh, Ved Buens Ende. And I'm totally guessing because I'm not sure what language that, that's in. Yeah, that looks perfect to me. That's a, no good, that's a good fucking guess. Yeah, that's guess. a good ass fucking <laughs> guess. <laughs> None of these, with the exception no. of one, uh, I can't pronounce any of these. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah. Cho- <laughs> well, let's stand to the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I guess just you look don't up, get easy to pronounce names in the avant-garde scene, sadly. No. <laughs> look up writ- Written in Waters. It's a 1995 album. So, that's an early one. That's, that's a good pick, though. I'm, I'm glad you picked it. It's 57 minutes. I will say it's 57 minutes, and it doesn't feel like it whatsoever. I completely agree. Like, I usually I don't like albums that are that long, but... Yeah. All right. Before I, we, go, okay. I was just going to say, talking about the vocals one more time, Phil, do you feel like there's a... In the avant-garde scene, there's... They're even thrown higher on a pedestal. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the vocals are not more purposeful, but to them it means more when they let them out. So I think this is part of a a thing I talk about a lot of... um in both black and death metal, there is kind of really strict rules in the modern scene of what vocal styles are allowed. Like, they kind of fall into a similar kind of couple of camps. And I think a lot of the avant-garde scene is people going like, well, how about I try this kind of scream that you'll never hear on a black metal album, particularly some of the ones we'll get to later. And say a lot of the cleans do a similar thing where it's like, well, that's not technically how you sing. But so I think that is why in a lot of those albums, they are kind of put on a pedestal because a lot of the time the vocals are the interesting idea they had for the project. That's exactly what I was looking for. Interesting. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the things I liked about like early black metal scene is the variety in like the black metal vocals, you know, like when you have a guy like what's his name from mayhem or just you hear it throughout all the albums you picked like there's always that emphasis on like doing something that was your own you know like abbott or you know just all those guys it was just so different from each person mm-hmm. but all right um all right. let's uh let's uh let's jump to the or before we go to the next one do you guys uh stand or shot do you guys have any uh avant-garde ones you want to throw in there uh, it's. I mean, it's um, not anything I haven't brought into the show before. I mean, I think the only avant-garde or what you would classify as avant-garde was that uh, sign pick uh, oh. from 2008, that Hair to Despair, or Air to Despair, excuse me. The, the from Japan. Sai? Ha- no, Sai, or maybe it's Dai. I don't know. S I G H. Yeah, that's Remember right. I, I thought you said. I thought you said sign, yeah. but it's Sai, right? Yeah, Sai. Yeah. So interestingly enough, they were like the sixth one on my list. Like, I, they were the the band that just didn't make the cut. Was oh, wow. uh, something by Psy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that band. So my experience with this genre is two bands. The next band I actually heard of, and I actually own one of their CDs, 
But we'll get into that. Nice. And then uh, Pandemonium is the only one I've ever checked out just because Dan Swanner. Yes. Yeah, oh. so they were one of the ones where I was thinking of doing this on the death metal stuff. I was like, well, look, it's based all around Pandemonium, but that's going to get so fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I, it's been a while since I listened to it. I actually listened to the first album today, and I mean, yeah. I mean, it, to me, it's a masterpiece, but it's fucking weird. It's You got to be in the right mindset. Dude. Yeah, definitely. When we talk, when we mentioned this, I think, Stan, we were talking about the avant-garde episode uh, a couple weeks back, and you mentioned Pantymonium, and I was like, fuck, that's such a good call because I haven't listened to them in so long, but, like, the, you know, at some point a couple of years ago going on, like, that super big Dan Swano kick, I remember listening to them and like loving yeah. that. And then I put it on again after you mentioned it. And I was like, holy shit. Like I yeah. fucking love it. And I know it's weird, but like, I, I again, I, I agree. I think it's like but a it's fucking not, masterpiece. Though. It's not really though. Uh, maybe, it, maybe I, I just like, I just fucking, maybe I got a man crush on Dan Swano. <laughs> don't we all? But you know, I just, I love that. I only listened to two of his albums or two of their albums, but it's kind of cool to get back into this mindset so I can actually, I'm taking this as opportunity. I'm going to go dive into their whole, you know, everything they ever done. Cause I've been Dude, wanting to, so I just never it. took the leap. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've listened to the whole discography. There's no real duds in there. Yeah. The one I'm most familiar with is the 1996 one. The It's just the, I think it's just the two song or the last two albums. Yeah. Kahoos and then confusion. But, uh, mm. I don't know, man. Yeah. I love, I loved it. I was having like, I had to stop because I had to get back to Phil's list, but I was like, so <laughs> I was just, I'm, I'm definitely going to be diving in more because like I've heard it. It's just, I forgot about that band and uh, that would have been one of yeah. my picks too. I think just the way that they fucking combine, like just like hard rock soloing with like the most obscure, weird, you know, shit throughout the rest of it. And then obviously Dan Swano's vocals, like, come on. All right, 
What's next, Phil? Oh, cool. So, yeah, moving on quite a few years with this next one is a band I'm really fond of. This is the Italian band Eiffel Duaf. And their second, I think the second proper album, The Painter's Palette from 2003. So this band's really interesting. They started off as a two-piece, like slightly out there, but relatively traditional kind of Norwegian black metal worship band with like programmed drums, just performed by two guys. And then something happened and one of the guys quit and Davi Tiso, the remaining member, hired this amazing jazz train band and completely shifted genre for the painter's palette and produced this like incredibly jazz influenced, weird experimental extreme album. We've like the really noticeable thing is like this kind of trade-off, much like Vebu and Zender, uh, between clean vocals and harsher black metal vocals but the whole album is over this really schizophrenically structured thing with um incredibly complex drumming and bass work and mixtures of like heavy distorted sections and then loads of clean tone jazzy guitar work and a reasonable amount of guest trumpet playing over the top of it as well just to add further madness to it i think one of the reasons i think this album works so well is because Despite the complexity, the songs are quite condensed. It's not really a long album. It's like eight tracks at about five minutes each, but they're just so tightly packed and the the construction of them, it's impossible to remember what happened in any given song. Like I couldn't recite the structure of any of them despite how many times I've listened to it. And this is an interesting band just because every album they've put out is totally different. Their whole career up to their split in like 20... 18 something like that was all really interesting and really worth checking out but i think the ideal start point for this band is definitely the painter's palette So yeah, how do you guys get on with this one? Yeah, that was oh, my dude. note was like jazzy as fuck. <laughs> it, it's my wet dream. <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm pissed. I can't find it right now. I had to listen to the whole thing on YouTube, so I'm I'm trying to hunt it down. But dude, it's so I it's got so you. fucking good. It's like, just straight up. It is so fucking good. You're exactly right, though. All it's it's probably good because I love the jazz more than 
almost as much as I love the meta. Like it's it's a close one too. I don't tell that many people that, but yeah, <laughs> you guys heard it. But yeah, it's just I mean, what is metal but just aggressive jazz for the most part? So yeah, I don't know. It's just it had everything that I loved in music I'm wrapped actually, into one song, or I guess one. I'm sound. not surprised that shot. Yeah, for I mean, it's a no brainer. Re- this receptive to no it, yeah. fucking brainer. So this this one was. You put it like perfectly when you say schizophrenically structured. Like that was my. It was too much for me. It's just too all over the place. It's not so much that I didn't like the parts, and you can obviously tell the talent behind this band. But it's just too much, and I just need a little bit more. I need a little bit more structure. I also ha- had a hard time with it. It was a, honestly, it was again. It was I had a similar issue with some of these picks. Was the vocal styles on them, and. uh I actually liked what was going on with the instruments and the jazz aspect. Like Shoddy said, I, I really like that too. And I and I like jazz and not like Shoddy does, but you know, I can appreciate it and I really like when metal uses it. So I was pretty into that. Like right when from the start done you hear right. that, that sax right from the start, it's like holy shit, you know, you know what you're in for. Or trumpet or whatever, I forget. But um so yeah, the the instrument instrument part of it I liked, but the vocals were just so um, you know over the top. And Even the clean in the house, aggra- that was hard. They're abrasive, they're aggressive, but I don't know. I to me this this one had a it had a vibe of like the early two thousands like math core, just the way the vocals and like some of the like riffs and like I just. That's what oh, I was yeah. hearing. Yeah, there was I, something I, with that. You know, yeah, like Dillinger felt, or like I felt you know, that, like, that but kind of this stuff. was like done differently though, boys. Like it was Oh, it is. I'm not saying it's like a it's nowhere near that, but it just had that feel. Okay. Especially the vocals were just reminded me of like Dillinger and like <laughs> Yeah, I can see that, that in the cleans actually. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I 100% had that same thought stand. I I went back to like and I don't even know the bands now, but like that early scene I I think it was probably mostly the vocals and some of the like the chaotic sporadicness of it, but yeah, now yeah. I, I didn't write that down. But now that you say it, it's taken me back to that. And I like that shit, so maybe that's why the vocals don't seem or used to like that type of music. It is not shit, but maybe that's why and it the, seems more accessible to me. And I don't know. That, me too. That's why I was like it. I, that's why I get, gave it more of a chance than I normally would have because some of those parts did pull me in. But this overall, this was just too. Too much, mm-hmm. too out of the all over the place. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like I, I'm not gonna go back to it, but I, also I did. I liked listening to it. It's just it was a challenge. So, but it, I can I can I can definitely appreciate it. Like you can see what they did. You know. All right. Should we do the next one? Great cool, fucking cool. pick, though. Great pick. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got. I'm glad you enjoyed that one. <laughs> okay, so uh, the next one is jumping on six oh, years here, to 2009. I'll pronounce it for you. <laughs> this one's an easy I can get one. This one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why he volunteered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, wait, 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 wait. It's wait. a code. <laughs> yeah, but what's the album called? <laughs> I'm not trying. Yes, really? you are. <laughs> Give it. Come on. R- res- okay, resplendent, grotesque. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's basically yeah. it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So Stan says this is code with their second album, Resplendent Grotesque. So this is one that really was like a supergroup at this point in time, put together by guitarist uh, Aort. It also features the guitarist of Ved Buen's Ende, uh, Victor Nick, 
on bass guitar for this album, uh, Kvorst on vocals, who would later go on to be in Grave Pleasures and Beast Milk and briefly fronted uh, Dossheim's Guard. Adrian oh. Erlinson is guest drummer for the album, and there's a whole series of guest vocalists, including Carmichael Eide, the clean vocalist of... Um, of Ved Buen's Ende, and the vocalist of Solstavir turns up at one point just to shout the word yeah. Um, <laughs> overall, this is an interesting one because it's like, the, like it's got a bit of that punky, like, or style black metal to it. It's quite, like, aggressive and to the point in a lot of places, but there's little touches they put in that make it very avant-garde. Like, Aeot's guitar playing is entirely based around extremely complex chord shapes, but while playing kind of punky song structures, uh, Victor Nick's bass playing is ridiculous on this album. It's that amazing kind of evolution of that geezer butler kind of like bluesy but all over the place uh, stuff. And Adrian Erlinson obviously puts in like an amazing performance. But the thing that really grabbed me about this album straight away was when Frost starts slipping into that kind of beautiful but very dark clean vocals the whole album and i think he is a big part of this has this strange sense to me of like a descent into madness it's like despite it being quite kind of quick and catchy i found it like kind of dark and upsetting in a lot of ways but overall it's an inc- i find an incredibly memorable album and of all of these probably the one i revisit the most so yeah how do you guys get on with it do you guys realize how much better Phil does at describing albums than we do. <laughs> Dude, I know. I, I, I seriously, you, you just have my I spot. seriously thought the same shit. I was like, oh my Brady's God. a fucking encyclopedia. Like, we've, been, we've been doing a disservice to all these <laughs> listeners all the, the, this time because fucking we... Oh, oh, it's awesome, dude. Like, fucking, it's fucked. It's so good. Like, it's just all over the... It's fucked. That's, that's how we describe... Like, that's fucked up, Phil. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Beautifully and eloquently put, but how we get along with it, um, another dude, another fucking masterpiece. I didn't experience the the madness, like the going into the madness as, as you spoke of, but at first I was like, this doesn't really sound that avant-garde to me, and then a bass solo popped in, and then I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> so, yeah. I loved yeah. it, man. I the little no joke loved it. So another solid, solid fucking pick.
Yeah, this is obviously the most accessible of the five. It was, I wouldn't say my, yeah, it was probably my favorite of the five, I think. Um, just because it is, it does have the most structure. I think I'm going to agree just, with you, yeah. You know, a lot of, mm-hmm. it was my favorite A lot as well. of times it's just a, you know, it's just like a cleanly produced, like, good black metal record. But then, like like you said, they just throw those little things in there that make it just enough to be off the wall and make it different. But overall, I mean, it's the easiest to get through. It's the easiest to listen to. Yeah, I'm with you, Stan. And, um, well, it's not my favorite. The There's another another favorite that we'll get to, uh, the only one that I had heard before. But one, this one I listened to, like, I listened to him in order, I think, and I was like getting worried because I, you know, I wasn't like absolutely loving the other ones. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm gonna have to come on here and tell Philly's picks sucked. And, <laughs> and then we got to this one, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. And yeah, this one like definitely pulled me in hardcore. I think like Shoddy said it or Stan, it's like you have the parts where it's like easier to grasp onto black metal. Like even like the first track, I was like, man, when those cleans came in, almost reminded me of sometimes like how like Enslaved does some of their like clean bits. And, uh, yeah. you know, it changes quite a bit from there. It's not like that's a common theme, but it, it was enough to where I was like, okay, you know, this is working for me. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. And I liked, um, man, it was like a track on there. It gets so weird as it goes. Like, like Phil was saying, like it, like it gets like descends into that, like madness as it goes. And I was hearing that, like, there's that one song on there. Um, like, I think it was track seven where it, like it starts feeling like a, almost like a Beatles song. Like when they would, ex- like an experimental phase of the Beatles, but like, done like black metal style I, I don't know see i don't know i didn't get any of those feelings i just felt happiness i loved it <laughs> <laughs> like i just legitimately loved every second of listening to that album and i that's really interesting i didn't yeah, know about the like uh the, the the musicians that are involved with it like that's pretty cool too mm-hmm. yeah this one was a like pick. a weirdly star-studded lineup the band like only one of those guys is still in the band at this point but they're still putting out really good music and actually survive replacing a vocalist amazingly well like i genuinely think their new singer is even better mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. is impressive for an album like this which was so held up on great vocals all right uh yeah so we jump into the fourth one then stan name Rainer Landferman. <laughs> Landferman. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, this is the first and only so far solo album of Rainer Landferman, uh, Mein Wort in Deiner Dunkelheit. Which, oh, wow. uh, so this guy has a really <laughs> interesting history in metal of, he's been on, before this, he's been on three albums and they are all legendary. So he did vocals for Bethlehem's like, I believe second album, which is like this legendary historic black metal album, and his vocal performance on it, as you can imagine, was incredibly weird and bizarre. Yeah. Then he joined the tech death band Pavor for two albums, which are well worth checking out because they slightly predate Necrophagist, but they are in that kind of vein of like hyper technical like reeling shredding metal and his base work on it um when i first came across him as like a teenager i just couldn't believe people could play bass that well and with both these albums he has the running theme and and i think aesop decker brought this up on his podcast years ago of like he sounds like a band recorded an album and then he appeared and just recorded like completely irrelevant stuff over the top of it and either vocals or bass which is yeah a very good summary of it so his solo album is him doing bass guitar um 
like some keyboard work, you know, main composer with a couple of the guys from Pavor and then a guest double bass player, a guest pianist. Uh, um, and the structure of the album is absolutely insane. This is the one which I thought would be challenging for everyone. His vocal performance is ludicrous, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> But the structure of the album is, like, every song is in a completely different genre. There's, like, classical, there's death metal, there's black metal, there's bits that descend into kind of 70s jazz rock in places, and these are all layered together, and it kind of has a flow that works. For me, like, that level of, like, incredible jazz bass playing, coupled with that ridiculous uh, vocal performance, was just an instant selling point but I realise this might be an album where it's something I'll love and a lot of people will really hate. Yeah, challenging is an understatement. <laughs> um, oh, I, I had to turn it off. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I could not do this one. Hey, I went into open mind all these, and I just no, I'm, no, no. I'm intrigued. Though, at what point? <laughs> um, probably like the second Seriously? song. Seriously, and it was just you didn't yeah. even last fucking two songs in. No, dude, it was just uh, there's. I can't. But did I can't you not click through after? Too, too did I you not the, click through? What's you that? just turned it off and you were done with it. Yeah, I, 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 a couple times I tried it, and it was like the first couple, two, three songs, and I was just, I can't, I couldn't do it anymore. I would say, it's too I much. would say that's a mistake because I yeah, had the same. I would definitely say that. Uh, I was wondering mm-hmm. that. I wanted, Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I ha- should I just stuck with it? Yeah, I think so because I had the same thoughts. I mean, dude, the guy sounds like he's fucking dying like half the time. I mean, it's yeah. insane those vocals. Like, don't get me wrong, I was intrigued by it, but like, you got to really like be in the mood for that. But I mean, so the vocals were tough, no doubt. But like. Like what Phil was saying is totally right. Like each song is like a completely different vibe. So maybe you don't like, uh, you know, the first couple. Yeah. But I had the same thought. Like I wrote down track one wasn't my thing. Um, track four wasn't my thing. It was literally just like violins and vocals. Like I, you know, I, I can listen mm-hmm. to it, but I'm not really into it. But then you get to like track five and that's like way more black metal, more metal in general. 
you know, and even on that one, like the vocals like combined way better with it because it wasn't such a standout, like it mixed in with it, mm-hmm. you know. So like every track I had a different feeling on, like some like if I took this album and just cut it down in 50 percent of the ones I liked, I would really like it. But as it stands, it's like very back and forth for me. That's why I don't, I just don't like, I just want, I want to know what I'm getting into, like I want, <laughs> but, but that's it. I like what I like, you know. <laughs> As a whole though, I, I just, feel like uh, those lull parts or maybe the parts that you didn't like were like breather parts for the listeners. It's just, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a chance to. But even like the harder parts I thought were kind of on the more boring side and like, then you put the, it just didn't have a lot for me to latch on to. I mean, I this just, was my yeah. least favorite of them, but when I say that, like, if I had to give it a rating, I still would have given it, like, a fucking 7 out of 10 or something, and I only listened to it, like, twice all the way through, so... You enjoyed it, but you liked the other four Exactly, better. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still it. a great yeah. album. I mean, the music, from a, a musical standpoint, it, it's amazing, and, and like Phil said, out of all of them, this is the more dense one that will take you multiple listens to... I mean, there is... It's... Yeah, it's a thick, thick book, Phil. <laughs> a thick <laughs> book. <laughs> it's worth trying, though, I think, you know, because... Uh, I completely it, agree. Well, hell, it deserves so... at least one listen by, by any metalhead because you'll find something that you'll like. You just have to listen long enough. So, and I mean, out of all these, like, it's... You, no one's arguing this is not avant-garde metal, like, or that this is avant-garde metal. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, so this this pick is easily my least favorite of the five. It's an album I really like, but I wanted to get in there because it, it is just so what the genre is about. It's something that will only exist once. There's never going to be another album that sounds like this. <laughs> and that's cool. Like, And that's the thing about avant-garde metal. Like, the cool To me, the cool thing is kind of the challenge. Like, you shouldn't put it on and be like, boom, I got it, you know? It should be something you, you like. Like Phil said, there's something there. I like it. I don't know. And it should probably seep in, and you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the point. Yeah, because I mean, that's what—that's how the artwork was back in the day. It was supposed to be one-offs. This can't be reproduced again. Like mm. it's just, yeah, it's the whole illusion of this is special and above what else is going on right now. So yeah. not in an elitist type of way, but just in a creative sense. Like I'm pouring everything into this, and then I'm going to pour everything into something else. But this isn't going to happen again. So. Yeah. I want to get to this last one. All right. Uh, yeah, let's dive into the final one. So this is, I wanted to get one in that was really contemporary, and this, I think, came out about two or three months back. This is Esoctrillium with Eternity of Schalk. Um It's a one-man <laughs> project from France. Oh this my guy God. has released five albums in the last four years. Um, <laughs> he has no other Crazy. projects under his name, but my God, does this one guy have a work ethic. On this album, he plays guitar, bass, drums, violin, synthesizers, pianos, and vocals. And it's about an hour long, massively complex, um, essentially an album that I'd say almost sits in the atmospheric black metal category, but has so many different ideas in it, but just one consistent kind of musical theme. It, it flows perfectly, but it moves through all these passages, moments where it's like intense, blasting, really extreme black metal, moments where the pianos and violin take more of a, a kind of central place and it becomes quite melodic. It has some of that uh, FL Duaf idea of throwing like interesting bits of clean tone guitar over some more intense metal moments and and just structurally is a really well constructed album but the end result is something that's actually quite 
kind of appealing and catchy despite its complexity and weirdness. So yeah, I think this is one I assume most of you enjoyed. one that i knew before like going into it i had already been a big fan of this i added it to my list of like the best of the year and it don't get me wrong it is there's still like the challenging aspects of it but you're right it's 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 very accessible you know it's got a lot of catchy parts it's heavy you know in comparison to some of the other ones it's got a lot of heavy moments almost some almost death metal like moments here and there but definitely definitely heavy on the black but I thought I I mean this thing is is so good and when I learned that it was a one dude I mean mm-hmm. yeah I'm I'm glad it was on this list cuz I probably never would have checked this out and I'm so glad I did cuz yeah I I loved it Even that album cover but, that's what I like, like when I first saw that I was yeah. like I got to see this or hear this <laughs> But I don't know how you guys do it like I just don't I research stuff before I listen to it so I would have like if I would have heard it was anywhere avant-garde like I'm not <laughs> No, <laughs> you know. See, I stopped doing that so but, long ago because I don't trust what anybody I know, I says something is. I know. Like people classify or these other. I mean, and I'm not trying to offend any of these assholes out there who write about metal, but like, just don't call it a fucking genre. If you're not gonna at least say that it's two or if it's a, not a clear cut sound, don't call it something because you don't know what you're mm. talking about. So. Yeah, I'm sorry, Stan. Go ahead. <laughs> but it, really, it's not. It's not that weird. It's not. This is probably actually. I don't know. I really did like code, but I mean, this probably was maybe my favorite too. <laughs> it's just not. It's not that hard to get through, and it's just a fucking good album, and it's one fucking dude. Yeah. Anytime one fucking dude does this kind of shit, like this good, like oh man. So I went into that, I guess, rant because the place that uh, I had recent or. I guess originally saw this album art on was a form. The guy was talking about it as just being black metal. So I didn't think it was, I I hadn't listened to it Uh until now, but it was just on the list of things to listen to. I just hadn't gotten around to it yet. And then I seen the thing come up and I was like, oh, Eternity of Shahag. And I couldn't pronounce the first name. (laughs) So I was like, I'm not going to say that yet. And then 
I started listening to it, and this is the reason why I didn't listen to anything else more. It's because I was listening to this album a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's still, it was, I guess I didn't like it as much as I liked the Code album um, after the fact, but it's still uh, such a fucked album. <laughs> and I still can't believe it came out this year. So, yeah, as Jason said, you know, a little foreshadowing, it may or may not be on the end of the year list um, just because of how good it is. But no, I don't do any research, Stan. I just listen to the music. So, I mean, yeah, all these names, I though, I want to know what the hell this is all about. I mean, I feel like there's some amazing story behind this. The first passage, Exiled from Sanity. Second passage, The Color of Death. I want to know what all this shit's about. So, we had a Phil, I know we talked about it in the back in the Patreon Facebook group. And I, Phil, do you remember what the concept is? No, it's one I've not looked too deeply into the lyrics of. Um, yeah, I'm behind on that. There's but something yeah, it, it, cool. I remember someone said it, and then I was like, "Oh, that makes it even cooler." Like it's yeah, it's it's a fucked up concept. I know that, but it, it'd be worth looking into. I can't remember right now, but I really, yeah, I'm, Stan, I thought you were gonna mention maybe something about the uh, transitions too, because I thought that was what this was so good with. Like, I mean, you'll have medieval, you know, sections, medieval black mm-hmm. metal type of a section, you know, going into something more heavy or, or light. I mean, the transition on this thing from different styles is what I really, really like the best. And they sound effortless, too, when they're doing it. it nothing's forced. Yeah. It's not, I guess, awkward by any means. But yet, it's not like a seamless transition in the sense of sound. Mm-hmm. They're fucking doing amazing shit in between them. He's it, doing. It, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, but making it sound so effortlessly. So, again, didn't know that it was a one-man army. Uh, you fuckers, cease. You know, never stop ceasing to amaze me because it's just one album after another. I would have thought that there was at least six people behind the sound. And a side note, it's like to the point where I'm just looking down on people if they have more than one member. (laughs) (laughs) And how many members are in your band? Oh, we have six. (laughs) Pansies. Like, yeah, that's actually, we're going to make a new new stance here into the combine. If it's more than four members, we will not talk to you anymore. That's that's way, you're doing way too much work. Wait, you got two guitarists? Get out of our faces. We're done with this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no septic refresh reviews anytime soon then <laughs> yeah so something i wanted to mention just like piggybacking off the back of this album so surely was mentioning like the difficulty finding stuff like this obviously uh the genre thing is quite relevant of like you could debate this one actually being avant-garde i think the inclusion of violin and some of the atypical structures nudges it into that category for me but i could accept people disagreeing with that i feel genre tags are always a bit messy but if you're into this kind of style this came out on ivoid hanger records which in recent years have just been absolutely leading this genre and if you go on their like Bandcamp page or anything like that they have the best album covers and they're a great one to just sift through because you will find some utterly bizarre out there stuff on there there's like an album uh came out last year i forget the name of the band which is doing avant-garde black metal but entirely with like acoustic guitar structures <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> and it, there's low they're they're a label that been pushing that stuff forward similarly the label avant-garde music unsurprisingly are another one that in recent years have been really championing these very small bands and giving them decent budgets i I believe the labels are giving them the budgets to put together these really out there albums and i think they say avoid hanger over the course of 2020 have really sort of changed the face of 
like the modern experimental metal scene like, and actually given it quite a kind of bit of attention. I, I yeah, agree I've seen 100%. a lot. I know the groups, I know our Facebook group's been talking about them a lot and I really haven't got the chance to check them out, but I've heard nothing but good stuff from this label. Stan, check out Cosmic Putrefaction. Oh, yeah, mm. I checked them out. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> One man death metal. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I don't love everything on it because that's the point. It's so fucking out there, but it's such a cool label that they're able to pull all that shit together. And it's one of those labels that you, you know, you know what you're getting and that you don't know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. way of putting it. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, uh, I, I mean, we don't. I know it's like what almost one a.m. over on your time. I don't want to take too much more time, but I know I told you we've got the interview with uh, Imperial Triumphant for this episode, which I figured. I mean, for me and for my money, that's one of my top, you know, avant-garde metal bands that I at least know of and that I like. So, you get into that new one at all? So, um, Imperial Triumphant uh, back at the end of twenty nineteen, I saw him live with support from. Uh, london-based band bast and i genuinely despite it being in a tiny little venue it might be the best live gig i've ever seen those guys are utterly incredible i i am a fan of everything they put out i've only given the new album a couple of listens so far but i i think it's a really great change up of their sound once again Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely obsessed by that band same yeah yeah that's why i didn't feel like i needed to bring them up much in this because we'll you know obviously check out the interview but I, I agree that new album's so fucking good i've only listened to a couple times but oh the last one and this one are just i, I i'm obsessed with both yeah and for, they're incredible shoddy you got to listen to them man because with all the jazz stuff that you like they incorporate so much jazz in their sound that Dude, I, you I have to like it i have such a rabbit hole to go down <laughs> so i i, I want to thank you phil i i guess i'll talk to everybody in a couple months uh when i emerge and then yeah <laughs> God, godspeed <laughs> But yeah, no, I definitely will, man. I, I'm on the, the avant-garde music website right now. <laughs> I'm just trolling. So yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to look into it because yeah, you're right. I love that music and I'm, it just, it's me. It, it, like it, it's the, the sound that, you know, I, I like to listen to. So oh, I'm really happy I've inspired you to check out some stuff. That's that's so cool. <laughs> Thanks, I was Phil. nervous for this one, but it wasn't bad at all. <laughs> if you like uh, this stuff Phil's saying, you got to go l- listen to uh, his podcast, Phil's Breakfast Metal. And uh, here's someone that can talk way better than we can about albums and <laughs> yes. go in depth about yeah, stuff you never thought you would know, and it's amazing. Oh, I'd like to say much. we'd love to have. I'd like to say we'd love to have you back, but I don't know if it's a good for our image, like to keep bringing you on like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just lost another ten listeners. Oh, another twenty. <laughs> well, well, thanks so much for having me again, guys. This this has been amazing fun. Like, it's so nice getting to share that. Like, that weird obscure bit of my music taste i don't really get to chat about so yeah thanks so much for having me on yeah man no thank yep. you so much phil always fun yep we love you man all right catch you all soon all right later man see you god i want his accent <laughs> I, know, <dude. laughs> I know yeah the, the accent alone makes him sound like a goddamn phd <laughs> I, I, know. I, yeah, I know uh does that wrap so it up stick around we got uh we got an interview. Yeah. Who's the interview with again? We got uh, Zach. Yeah, Zach from uh, Imperial Triumphant, vocalist, guitarist. Uh, yeah, he uh, mastermind. Mastermind. We did this, man. I think it was like a month ago. Um, so I don't know if we talked about anything. We might have been talking COVID for a second. It might be outdated by now, but we not maybe the first minute. But other than that, we talked about the new album, and we I kind of we talked about avant garde metal a little bit in there too, since you know that's uh, 
kind of their thing too. So it kind of, I thought it fit well with the, with the episode, but it was cool. He was a cool guy. I really liked it. Not too long, about 30 minutes and uh, yeah, check it out and listen to that new album. Cool. I have it written down. Well, once again, I'm staying the man. I am uh, Evil J. And I'm Shadi, and you guys stay metal. It's going good, man. It's going good over here. I'm calling uh, from Michigan, so um, having a good day. Still, I'm still uh, off work with everything going on. But uh, what about you? You getting back to normal yet, or uh, the city is slowly getting back to you know normal? But uh, yeah, work for us has been much slower. So yeah. I'm pretty much just I'm just chilling until you know I teach a lot of lessons online now because mm. I don't have any uh, I don't have any gigs. Yeah. So I've just been, uh, I'm just chilling right now on my roof until I start those lessons. Okay. Well, that's, that's a cool way to, to get something going right now with everything going on. Yeah. I'm trying to stay busy. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a big vacationer guy, so it's, it's been tough, but, yeah. uh, our creative output has been really good. All the guys are working on new material even now, you know? Yeah. Put it aside, save it for when you, when you're ready for it. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, one of the one of the reasons I, I thought I you know I kind of wanted to have a talk with you a little bit was uh, we are doing a, a podcast episode. We're going to kind of like dive into just some some different avant garde metal and uh, awesome. You you know, and uh, being is you guys are you guys are one of my favorite of that. You know, I would classify you guys in that realm. Um, you For know, sure. <laughs> it's, you guys are hard to classify, but I think you fall in there. So. So yeah, I don't know. I kind of wanted to start a little bit with that. I know you guys got the new album coming out too and everything, but um, as far as just avant-garde music and metal, like like I said, you guys are experimental. You guys push boundaries. It's challenging. So I, I think it fits, but how did you get to that point? I mean, have you always been drawn to that stuff or did you start off younger? You know, you know, kind of how did you get there? Just uh, It's a slow development, I, I suppose. Always looking for something darker and heavier. And I think once I got the 
uh, you know, my collegiate years, there was a lot of uh, heavy influence and in coming from 20th century classical music because hmm. uh, that's what they were teaching us in university. So I had to learn it. And at first I didn't actually didn't like it very much. And then I learned to appreciate it. Funny because I feel like that's how a lot of people feel about our music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like a music class in college, you said? Oh, no, I went to a Cal Arts. Uh, I studied music. Uh, I was a music composition major. So okay, gotcha. It was like every class was music class. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, because it was a because I was a composition major. A lot of the focus was on classical composition, and, and then you know modern classical was a huge part of that. Right, and that started to kind of open things up a little bit for you more? Yeah, the more I just opened my mind to different ways of composing music, you know, like a lot of those cl modern classical guys, they write with like graphic scores and non-traditional Western styles. Mm -hmm. It really kind of made me feel like, okay, so I'm not bound by just, you know, 12 notes. Right. And especially with a guitar, which is so versatile, especially with one that has this you know, floating tremolo, I can really explore like sound beyond just this is, you know, A, this is B, this is B flat, you know, something like that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, for me, it was interesting too, because I, I started off in, in band, you know, back in high school. And so I always kind of had like a, at least had a little bit of an appreciation for a lot of that kind of music, even if it wasn't always my go-to when it pops up in right. stuff I'm listening to, like, you know, I hear stuff like that in your guys' or whatever. It's like, I can, I really like that. I really like when, when bands have that, like, at least some edge to it. And I mean, you know, I've went to different concerts and things like that where it's classical stuff. And man, it's like, I feel like a lot of metalheads, people who are into metal or extreme music really could get into it because there's just so many similarities, at least to some of that and stuff. And vice versa. Yeah. A lot of the, you know, uh, orchestra cats at, at, at my school were, very much into metal. Hmm. It was kind of cool to like have that connection. Yeah, that's interesting. So before when you before the classical music and all that, what were you listening to then? Mostly just you know death metal, black metal, stuff like that. Yeah. Rock, hard rock, and sixties rock, seventies rock. Like just really into yeah that kind of that genre of music. I was dabbling in classical a little bit, but again, not really anything before. Uh, the 20th century, or not anything after 20th century, basically, you know, right. mostly classical Renaissance period, a little bit of Baroque, stuff like that, which is like, you know, I guess more of the gateway kind of genres for the more out there stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I completely sympathize with anyone who doesn't understand our music or doesn't feel, it feels like it doesn't make any sense because I, I feel like maybe myself at 15 years old, I feel the same way. Right. And it's just something that you got to open your mind to and let it kind of soak in. And then it becomes so much more appreciable. Than I know. I feel like some, like an, an album, like your, you know, your guys' kind of material, it's like either you're ready for it, you've gotten that far and you're listening, you know, you keep exploring further. Or, I mean, someone, I think too, if you just spend enough time with an album, like an album like your, like Vile Luxury, that got a lot of respect. And it's a lot of times when an album, at least if someone I know that I respect their taste recommends it to me, you know, even if it's not in my full wheelhouse, I kind of like to 
try and get there with it. And that was something with yours. You know, at first listen, it was just a lot, you know, I don't listen to a whole lot of that kind of stuff. And it was a similar thing with like a band like Portal or whatever, you know, it takes a little bit of work, yeah. but I like it because a lot of times in the end, there's that payoff. Completely. And Portal is a great example because they're a band that I feel like, you know, if you understand their aesthetic, it helps to helps you when you're diving in. But every single time I listen to Portal, there's just something new I'm discovering, a new perspective I'm feeling when I when I dive into this the, the dance music. I really I really appreciate their uh, attention to, to the craft. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you got to be in the right headspace for something like that. You know, I was listening to a lot of you guys' stuff like just before the interview and stuff, just getting in the headspace of it. And the other day, I was, you know, I was cutting grass. And I was like, you know what, this is not the time. This is really isn't it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but then you put it on at the right time. Maybe you're going for a drive. It's you know, at nighttime you're going through a city or or whatever at night. Just you know, that's when it really seems to click for me or whatever. But I, I think that's important for a lot of those kind of albums. You got to really be in the right headspace for it. Completely, and I think that's um, that's kind of exciting to have. Like, you know, there is, I think there is certain music that that needs the right atmosphere, the right headspace, the right prerequisites. So, you know, it's not it's, we're never going to be like a gateway band. <laughs> we're like yeah. on the other side of the gate, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> which is cool, which is great. I mean, we it's exactly like we need we need bands like that. I, I love. I'm a big fan of straight ahead death metal and, uh, you know, really basic stuff too, but I really like to have a couple albums always in the rotation, you know, that just can challenge you a little bit or just give you a little bit more creativity. I mean, is that something that you listen yeah, to in your own, um, like most of the time? Like, do you like to have bands that are pushing a lot of boundaries or do you like, you know, I'm like you, man. I just listen to it all. Mm. Uh, I love, you know, I'm everyone in the band are just, huge cannibal corpse fans we love love every album of theirs yeah. they're so creative and i even you know like you know a lot of people would say they're more you know straight ahead death metal but i love their songwriting and i love their their the way they play i think they have they all have insane chops yeah and at the same time you know i love you know Thanafaxes, for example which are a really out there band from Canada. Yeah, right. And they're and so it's it's just like yeah, like you said, like what kind? What are you in the mood to listen to? That's why and I always think I'm, it's so weird when certain people you you have only one. Certain people are just whatever death metal, just in the black metal camp or whatever. But yeah, I really like more of the variety. I mean, that seems pretty hardcore to just listen to one genre <laughs> of music. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I don't think I could ever pick, man. I I'm not even just only listening to metal, you know? Right. There's a whole world out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and that's what I love when I, I sometimes talk to certain bands and you hear like what they listen to. And a lot of times, a lot of my favorite bands, it's like you're surprised at maybe either how many, how much, how little metal they listen to or how much other stuff they're taking in. Because I always think if you're just listening to metal, I mean, man, you're probably going to be repeating a lot of the same things that's going on. But if you can add in something different from a different genre, or at least take something from it. I mean, that's when some of the best stuff comes out, I think. That's 100% true. And I, I, I also agree, like, mo yeah, most of the ideas I get, if they're from a musical influence, it's from a non-metal uh, mm -hmm. place. And I don't think, uh, yeah, if you just listen to metal, all you're going to sound is like the other metal bands. Right. <laughs> you're bringing nothing new to the table. Right. When did the jazz stuff happen? That was sort of a slow progression, like, uh, 
just over the years, we kind of just started bringing this element in, however playfully. And also, you know, my rhythm section are all very, you know, pretty veteran jazz musicians in the in the New York scene. Okay. And I'm I've got maybe you know as, as I was getting older, I was starting to play more jazz and swing gigs. And I wouldn't say I'm as experienced as them, but it definitely all started just to bleed into what we were writing and sort of not trying to make it too heavy handed Mm -hmm. and not too obtuse about bringing jazz into metal, which I think should be the downfall of a lot of bands that try it. Yeah. But really try to blend it perfectly and keep it tasteful. And at the end of the day, still keep it very metal and not, yeah. Try to be like a a big band death metal project, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I, I was, I've been trying to dissect it a little bit more lately. And like with some of the jazz stuff going on and I'm by no means a jazz expert. I can appreciate it. I like it in college. You know, I listened to it a lot when I would be studying and things like that. But like, you know, listening to some of your stuff, I mean, there's the overt influences where everything strips away and you've got like the horns or this or that. But then, I mean, does it influence a lot of just the actual like, the structure or cause sometimes it sounds like filtering metal through some kind of a jazz structure or a jazz style or am I off? Absolutely. I think that's probably more akin to what we're trying to do than just, you know, blatantly put jazz <laughs> into a metal song. You know, it's more like what you've said, okay. filtering metal through a bit of a jazz filter. And, you know, cause there's a lot of swing involved and a lot of influence, from how you would play jazz and then just applying that to metal. You know, like a song like Gotham Lux, it's just the beginning of that is just straight shuffle. Mm. But instead of, you know, playing this luxurious, uh, you know, chords, we kind of bring it with a bit more ugliness, more dissonance than your average bebop band might. Yeah. I I love that. And it's, and not to just say the jazz, because I hear like a lot of the classical stuff too. It was weird. I've, one of those movies I've never watched, I've always wanted to see was 2001 A Space Odyssey. And I find it's been on my list since I've had all this time off. And I finally watched it just this week and listening to a lot of the classical stuff in there, some of like the dissonant oh, parts yeah. and everything. It's like, the man, you can, yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, he's a huge influence. Yeah. It's like, man, you can hear that classical. I don't know. I just love how you guys filter it all through, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you'd be a fool to not want to incorporate that kind of stuff into your. Uh, repertoire of, of when you're writing because it's just it's so kind of free spirited and very uh, open to anything and that's what I kind of love about it you could just it doesn't have to be in 4-4 four, four. it can right. just be whatever to play and a lot of the stuff we do we don't really try to write down hmm. some things are written down I'll admit but then a lot of riffs or whole songs will just be no click no don't even count it. Just feel it because we've yeah. been playing together for so many years, played so many shows that we just are like our connection as a trio is really strong right now. That's awesome. That's the kind of, I mean, I, I love that there's a lot of bands doing it, but there's a lot of bands that don't as far as, you know, recording and trying to get the more natural vibes, you know, and you know, bands like blood incantation and, and just whatever bands that are doing it more in a live way. And yeah, I, lo- I, mean, I love blood that. Incantation is a great example. They're like, they're really tight. And I can understand if you, you know, if you're a band that each one of your band members lives in a different state and you, you're, you 
don't have the opportunity to rehearse every week or seven times a week, whatever. Yeah. I could only totally understand why you'd want to put everything to a click and be even more strict about things. But if you're a band like us or like Blood Incantation and you have that, you're fortunate enough to have that group unity and everyone sharing that energy, it can be extremely beneficial. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, another thing that I like, not to keep saying everything I love about the band, but I like, I really like music in general that is, you know, region specific. You know, mostly I think of black metal when I'm thinking of that, like a lot of the, a lot of the U.S. black metal that is taking, you know, their own identity, like Panopticon or Wayfair, you know, Wolves in the Throne. These just bands that kind of like pull from their own state or their own surroundings and, and whatnot. And I love that you guys have the same, to me, the same mentality where it's, you guys are pulling from where you're from, from New York. It's just so saturated with that. And, uh. I love when you can have when you have that region specific thing and instead of just you know some black metal it's it's gonna copy the just traditional second wave you know Norwegian yeah. or whatever but I love how you guys incorporate your own identity into it well I mean that whole thing is just really stems I mean I can't speak to the other bands but for us it really just stems from just it's best to write about what you know and be you know an expert about whatever you're trying to convey and that's uh extremely helpful especially like you know if you're doing an interview and you sing all about xyz and you don't know anything about that stuff just do it because it's a metal trope (laughs) then you're going to come off really unauthentic Mm -hmm. and i think one thing that is really beneficial to us is that we're uh, very true to ourselves we're not trying to be dark mysterious figures that like uh i mean i guess we kind of are but like we're not trying to be these evil black metal characters like mm. you dog like 15 age years of the second wave it's kind of just we're we're musicians you know we're trying yeah. to write extremely true music to ourselves and i feel like any band that tries to do that it, it, it has no choice but to be authentic right so i mean i've got some in my head but can you give a couple like of examples of how you guys do filter in like some of the New York influence and sound into the either the past album or even the new album I mean yeah I don't know if you can I know this is a podcast I don't know if you can hear all the construction going on right now it's just a very <laughs> loud city and there's constant noise whether it's sirens or helicopters or traffic or subway cars screeching there's just a lot of sounds that I was just thinking like what a great way to like portray the city with just recreate those sounds on our instruments Stuff like that, I think, really plays a huge influence. And, you know, I've said it before, but like the whole Doppler effect, when you hear, you know, like an ambulance or a fire truck scream past you and then it detunes very slightly as soon as it passes you. I I love that sound. And, you know, with my uh, tremolo alarm, I can can recreate that and make our, sort of detune our, our melody and make it not so you know, diatonically consonant. And that has really paid off for, for our sound as well. And just keeping things kind of fluid and loose and then go back to something really strict and, and stark and mechanical and just kind of playing with like sound, I guess, is really the most fun part about composing for us. Yeah. Well, like on the, I mean, I haven't heard the new album yet, but the the first track that you guys have out right now. It's like, I know immediately when I heard that first, the, just the first like note or whatever, the first part you play, I don't, I don't know if that's what you're talking about there at all, but like it, it 
I immediately thought it was I mean, a that's siren. That's all. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, it's all improvised stuff. That does. That's actually. Uh, oh, it's a baseline from Steve, and it does sound totally like a siren. Yeah. And I don't even think he planned on it. I think it was just a natural occurrence, the way that he's going to play when he's in Imperial. Yeah, and we just, you know, skipping around from like insane swing parts to brutally crushing, heavy, you know, accurate parts. So there's like, there's a lot of kind of give and take in the music. And it's, we try to be as dynamic as possible. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome that you guys natural you know how you guys do it and everything I, i've not done a lot of exploring i know a lot of the, you a lot, i know the themes are there as well i mean like on the new one like what's some of the stuff you go into as far as still having to do with new york in some in some way is that still what you're doing yeah it's still very new york inspired but i'd say it's a bit maybe darker or the only adjective i can use and this is not a musical term is like the record in it's in total is just a more dystopian sound. Hmm. And I I think you just have to listen to it for that to make any sense. But it really does feel like this sort of uh, dystopian present that we're living in brought to you in, you know, in an album form. Yeah. And it, it, it has a really great flow that I'm really happy at how it came out. It, it's definitely not a series of, you know, songs, but just like a one whole experience. So, yeah, okay. It's meant to just be listened to front to back and taken all in. Yeah. It's got a very cinematic flow and a uh, very dynamic range. Do you guys pull a lot from uh, movies? And I mean, I know the... I know Totally. I mean, the, the song, yeah, besides the album title, yeah, we definitely pull a lot. I mean, you said you just saw 2001 Space Odyssey and then the beginning of Rotted Futures is totally like a Leggetti kind of swell mm. that really definitely... Whether you know Steve wrote that bit, but whether he knew it or not, I think he was definitely influenced by you know not only Ligeti's music but also that the vibe of you know Kubrick's 2001. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I googled the title of the album and you know Alpha Alphaville, and I had never saw that movie. So, what was it about that movie that had some kind of inspiration there? I would definitely recommend it if you can. It's uh, like an old 60s French noir film. Mm. And it's uh, basically set in like just, you know, this sort of sci-fi dystopian Paris. But what Godard does so brilliantly is that he doesn't add anything to the set design to make it seem like futuristic or science fiction. There's no flying cars or anything. It's just shot in what was modern day Paris. So like, I think that's a brilliant sort of way to present a dystopia is just here's the world you actually live in. You know Mm. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I really kind of felt that same way about my own city. So I, that was a huge inspiration for me. And the, a lot of drawing from that kind of mentality as well played a lot of influence into our lyrics and our the overall mix on the record, I'd say. Yeah. Have you, you, did you grow up in New York your whole life? Are you from there? I, yeah, I am. Okay. So, I mean, because I've, I've been there once. I mean, what your perspective on it as someone who lives there versus someone like me who's only been there one time. I mean, I thought it was, I, I live in the country. So for me, it's such a drastic change. And right. you know, being in a city, I like to do for a short time, but I really, it's, it's like not my, my thing for a long term. But so I'm always interested in people who do live in that city. Cause I mean, to me, I feel like you, you miss that, that connection with nature and that sort of thing. But at the same time, there's this energy and, 
excitement that you don't get unless you're in a city, especially like New York. I mean, but but what what do you kind of from as someone who lives there? I mean, I don't have much of a connection with nature, man. I, <laughs> I uh, just yeah, I just grew up in the city, so in Manhattan, so it was just nothing. Yeah, skyscrapers, and um, it's definitely like I guess we're fortunate to you know be more accustomed to the speed that of life in New York City, and it is very fast paced. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I find it's harder for me to slow down and relax and, uh, and you know, appreciate nature and stuff like this. And it's definitely inspired me in a lot of ways, though. And I will admit, you know, for all the things that we hate about New York, there's definitely something about it that keeps us all here. Right. I was going to say, there must be if you guys are all there. I mean, you've been there your whole life. and Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a truly brainwashing place where you just you, you, you find yourself in love with your with your uh, abuser you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> is that any part of the reason like I, I mean you shouldn't really have to have many other reasons to go with Colin Marston you know for for recording the album but would you do you like staying with a New York producer I guess I mean we started recording with Colin Marston over 10 years ago like it was just I think uh, the bass player at, our, at, the, at the time was just like, I found this guy, he's really had a great pedigree, you should record there, you know? And we just went there and had a great time, and he's really, he's an incredible guy to work with. But then as our relationship developed, it became more apparent that it wasn't just like, oh, we lucked out and kind of died. He's actually like perfect for recording Imperial Transcend. Mm. And... I think every album we do with him, it just gets better because we're, you know, just like the band, we're getting tighter and uh, he knows exactly, we're sharing the vision together. So, yeah, he's, 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 well, he's one of the best. He's one of the greatest and we're, we're really grateful to have been able to put out so many records with him. Yeah. Well, I saw you, al- you also had uh, Trey Spruins from Mr. Bungle and everything. He was the one that helped produce the album. So did that add a lot to the sound on this one? Was oh, there a yeah. lot of influence? Absolutely. He actually also mastered it. Okay. He's yeah, he brought a lot to the table and it was great because he he was really, you know, another voice in the room and not he's also not in the band, so it, we found it to be very helpful to have someone who's not playing the music, didn't write the music, bringing ideas and opinions to the table. And especially someone like him, who's also like Colin, shares our vision, knows that, understands the music, understands what we're trying to do, mm. and only wants to take it further in that same direction. Did you have any hesitation at first of bringing someone outside in, or was it just all in? I mean, not really. We had no intention of having a producer until uh, he asked if he could produce the new album. And we just thought, you know, if you're going to have your first producer... Trace Fluence is probably a pretty good choice. <laughs> yeah. So for sure. why not? And you know, music is all about risk, especially when you're recording it. It's never going to come out like how you would imagine it. It's all you can do is work with the right people, have faith in the in the right people, and hope that it surprises you and comes out better. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it seems like a, it seems like a great idea. I could see how it would, some people might be worried, you know, if it's not going to, you don't know that person, they're not in your band and you you know, but at the same time, having those, that outside perspective and someone who with fresh ears to hear it. I mean, sometimes I'm sure that makes a huge difference. So completely. 
Do you guys, um, I know, I mean, every album, you guys sound different. It's a progression. And what I always find interesting with bands who are like you guys, who are always pushing the sound and not sticking with something, do you ever think at all about the identity of the band not losing it, but while still progressing? Because to me, it's like a, it could be a push and pull kind of a thing, or do you, is it not even a, a, a factor? What do you mean by the identity of the band? Like, so, you know, you, you, there's a certain sound that you guys have. There's a certain thing that you, that, that Imperial Triumphant has, you know, that if I hear it, I know it's Imperial Triumphant. But some bands, they, they keep progressing and, you know, they're a completely different band at some point, which sometimes is great and sometimes is not. Do you guys, is there certain things that you feel that you need to keep in there or to have a certain sound or is it just a, always pushing forward and that's it? I'm not worried about that, man. Because yeah. that sound that you're referring to, that, you know, recognizable sound, that's, you know, we created that over a long period of time of kind of refining what we do. And, you know, if you listen to our earlier stuff, there's a lot more evidence of our, you know, musical influences and inspirations more than our actual who we are. So all we're doing is just keep refining, keep figuring out who we, like what, what our sound is and what makes us us. So as long as we don't stray from that path, I'm not worried. Yeah. No, I like, that's what I like to hear. And I mean, it seems like, especially the way you guys have those influences, like you said, the outside metal influences and all that, that you're filtering everything through. You're probably always going to have that sound regardless of what else you're doing. Yeah. And also this lineup we had for the last five years, I think is the truest one. I think it's the, you know, it's the, it's the classic Imperial Triumphant lineup. <laughs> I know it's yeah. a little arrogant to say, but it, it truly <laughs> feels like, you know, this was what we were all, we were working towards this whole time. Well, I can't wait for it, man. Is it, is there, was there anything that you, to, that you wanted to change from the last album to this one that you really thought just needed to be better or new or improved at all? Well, I guess one thing is we wanted to have a, a higher production or like slicker production, I guess you could say, like just kind of a bit louder and more uh, aggressive. And I, I'm really happy with how it ended up. It was, we spent a lot of back and forth trying to tinker with things, the mixing and mastering process. It was definitely a lot of work, especially on the tray and uh, Colin end hmm. and i'm really happy with how things ended up it's, it's definitely my favorite sounding record we've done i think and uh that was a huge uh huge part of it and then also just trying to write more songs and try to really create you know i mentioned before like oh, this whole album is like flows from front to back but yeah. at the same time i wanted every song to stand out unique recognizable instantly and that also came through which i'm very happy about Awesome, man. I can't wait to hear it. Well, just, uh, just, to, like, just to wrap up, since we, like I said, we're talking about avant-garde and all this different types of uh, unique music, do you have any top, top favorites, three or five, or just even a couple that you would recommend for people? I would recommend Benefaxes, Sacred White Noise. I think it's mm -hmm. their album. It's the album that I, probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I would recommend... I, I don't think I could pick a favorite Portal album. They're all <laughs> just perfect. Yeah. And this other band, Odraza, from Poland, very surprising. They kind of have, they kind of like spread their legs over classic black metal and then like weird avant-garde stuff. Huh. And they, well, can you say they, the name they, one more they, time? Odraza. It's O-D-R-A-Z-A. They come okay. from Poland. And they kind of are like, I'm starting to feel like they're like Polish Imperial Triumphant because they sing, they're from the city. They have that gritty 
New York, uh, I mean, like Urban Decay vibe. That yeah. really, it's but it, but it's a Polish version. It feels like a Polish version, and I kind of love that. That sounds awesome. I'm I just yeah, I just wrote that down. Okay. And then I have to give a shout out to uh, Puron and Artificial Brain. For sure, the, yeah. The, the other two New York classics that uh, we're we yeah we're, we kind of all kind of rose up in the New York scene together, and it's just been a pleasure to play shows with them. Play everyone's you know playing in each other's bands and right. everything that those guys put out is just really creative and really uh, fantastic. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. Awesome, man. I really appreciate it. And like I said, I'm gonna I'm waiting for the new one. I can't wait to to check it out, man. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah.